We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. Welcome to the Rotor Grinders Morning Grind Podcast. I'm your host, Stevie TPFL. It's week 17 NFL, usually week 17, last week of the season, but um, not this year. We got uh, this week and next week. This, this year is interesting, too, because, I mean, the playoff race in the AFC is just so tight that we're going to have teams playing, you know, these next two weeks with everything they got, so... Uh, always makes it a little bit more fun for DFS and betting purposes. So we got 14 games this week. I'm joined as always by my good buddy, Genie for 07. Grant, what's happening, my friend? Yeah, super interesting this year. I mean, with the way they changed the playoff system last year and like you always assume the last week of the season is just terrible. Like, oh, no one, people are going to be sitting guys, but blah, 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 this and that. Like, Depending on how things go this week, like in the NFC, the number one seed should be pretty uh, pretty up in the air. And, I mean, getting a first-round bye is huge. And then over in the AFC, I mean, it could be a little bit different. You might have one or two teams sitting guys, but you have like 
eight, nine, ten, whatever it is, different teams that are in the like looking at the AFC. I think as of right now, I think it's just what the Jets and the Jags and the Texans that are eliminated from the playoffs. Um, maybe the Browns, I can't remember. Um, but yeah, it's 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 still super interesting. A lot of teams to be that are playing for something. So it's 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 gonna be a fun last two weeks of the season to, from maybe not entirely a fantasy point from, from at least a watching perspective, it's going to be great. Yeah. I mean, what the AFC only the chiefs have clinched technically and the NFC, I mean, the Packers, the Cowboys, the Rams, the bucks and the Cardinals have clinched going in uh, to these last two weeks. So, you know, teams obviously with a lot to play for here Um, more AFC than NFC, but I mean, the Vikings, the Falcons can still potentially get in, um, which is crazy to me. And I think the Saints took a huge hit um, losing to the Dolphins. But, I mean, they still have an outside chance of getting in as well. So a lot of, lot of interesting um, scenarios here. We're going to be talking about this a lot more, I feel like, on next week's podcast um, just because you, you look at it and, uh, I mean, so many things can change this week. So, Let's uh let's jump in here. We get started with the Kansas City Chiefs at the Cincinnati Bengals. 51 total here. Kansas City is a five-point favorite. Um, Edwards Hilaire banged up shoulder injury, did not practice. And the backup quarterback for Cincinnati on the COVID list. Um, so the other thing that I just wanted to kind of note here before we talk about both of these teams. McKinnon, I don't know how much it matters, but McKinnon got activated, um, was designated from re- to return on Wednesday, yesterday. So he could potentially be back, which could shake things up a little bit. But let's start here with the Chiefs. What are we looking at here for Kansas City? I mean, if CH ends up missing, I think Daryl Williams becomes an immediately pretty solid overall running play, uh, running back play. Not the best match in the world, but he's heavily involved in the receiving game, especially when he ends up getting the start, has some upside there. Outside of that, it's it's the main guys. Like assuming that Kelsey's back, which I think he's pretty much for sure back from the COVID list. Um, Tyreek Hill, Kelsey, Mahomes, like it's always a pretty decent stack. You can double stack them, you can single stack them. All those guys are just the only ones that I really want to go with. It's Mahomes, it's Hill, it's Kelsey, it's Williams. Pretty darn simple. If CEH ends up playing, I don't know if I want to play Williams, but CEH becomes an interesting play, not a great play. This is a massive slate, so we're going to have a lot more games where I'm just crossing them off because 14 games is just a ton, and you don't entirely have to – go with any game stacker, but you can full on fade games a whole lot easier on this side of the size of the slate than you can normally. Yeah. I love this spot. Um, just this game in general. It's one of my favorite games on the entire slate. Just overall. Um, I mean, you said it, there's so many games that we're going to potentially cross off. This isn't one of them for me. Um, I love everything about this with Travis Kelsey back. I like him. Tyree kill. I mean, I feel like they were just very careful with Tyreek Hill last week. They were controlling the game. Um, so, yeah. Um, on the Cincinnati side, I mean, Joe Burrow, Chase, Mixon is someone that, I mean, cons- consistently gets a ton of touches and opportunities. So, you know, plenty of options to run this back with. 
Yeah, it is an interesting spot because Burrow is going up against Kansas City while not the worst defense in the world, especially over the last what, six, eight weeks. They've been a lot better. They aren't an easy matchup. And with him going for over 500 yards last week, I think that he's going to inflate his ownership a decent amount. I've been playing him in low ownership for a while. And last week I came close to taking some stuff down, but just didn't end up getting there because I had a lot of burrows, a lot of double stacks with Higgins, Chase, uh, Boyd. I think we can go back to the well with all of them, but I think I'm more of a fan of Joe Mixon here. Everyone saw Burrow go crazy. And now Mixon gets a pretty solid overall matchup. He's been getting 20 plus touches pretty much every single week, all season long. Um, he's the workhorse back here, 7.8, 7.5K. Steep price tag, but I think he's absolutely worth it here. I think he can go off for a massive game. He's my favorite one, but I'm really not going to fault you for anyone just because of the game stack implications on this game. Just, I mean, 51 total, like going to be a fairly close game being played in Cincinnati, which is definitely a bump. Like this is this is a this is going to be a fun game to watch, and a lot of fantasy uh, players are going to be in the winning lineup, I would assume. But with a big enough slate, I think that you can kind of fade the Cincinnati passing game and kind of hope that mixing ends up going off here. I think that's my preferred play. All right, moving on, we got the Giants and the Bears. 37 total here. Chicago is a six-point favorite. Um, I mean, some the notes here. Barkley didn't practice, dealing with a little bit of an ankle. Uh, they're not really playing anything for him. Um, Justin Fields is still questionable. That whole situation is questionable. And um, Tony did not practice today, Thursday. Starting with the Giants, um, I mean, it sounds like it's going to be Glennon, um, but they're both going to play. Like, this is just a full fade spot, right? Like, there's nothing. Nothing. Absolutely nothing. Yeah, if you want to take a shot on Barkley, go ahead. I'm kind of done with that. But just just fade the Giants. Like, it's not a terrible matchup going up against the Bears, but these are all terrible plays. It's it's just that simple. Like from Glennon, both not good. Barkley has been great this year. They have enough healthy wide receivers where you're not going to get the huge concentration of targets on any guy in particular. And if you are, good luck figuring out which one that is. Just full on fade. I mean, I like both defenses in this game. Yep. And I think you could play David Montgomery if you want to. Yeah, but outside of that, I, I mean, this game is just trash. Yeah, Montgomery is the only guy I would consider over on the Chicago side. I mean, he's going to get twenty plus t- touches. He's likely going to be targeted. Like six point five K is not a bad price tag. He stands out as one of the better running back plays on the slate, just purely based on volume. The game script is pretty solid for him. So yeah, it's pretty much Montgomery in this entire game, and no one else. Yeah, I mean, that's a catch-up game because we're moving on. That that game is just trash. If that game shoots out, I'm going to lose money. Like, th- there's no way around it, Grant, unless the defenses are scoring all the touchdowns. But I'm looking at both defenses. I'm looking at Montgomery. And, I mean, even if Barkley sits, I don't even think I want to play Booker. <laughs> like, <laughs> um, Eagles and the football team, 45 total here. Philadelphia is a – three and a half point favorite for this one um this one has some potential weather concerns um 
Jalen Hurts is a little banged up right now. I don't know if they're just kind of maintaining him. Um, but Antonio Gibson is banged up. Sanders is already ruled out. And Jordan Howard, um, they hope he's going to play, but, I mean, there's potential for him not to play either. Um, talk to me here about Philadelphia. There's not really a ton to love here. I mean, Hurts hasn't really been rushing as much since he's kind of been hampered by injuries over recent weeks. He's still a very viable play. He can always get those goal line carries. He can always end up with a few touchdowns. He can always break off a decent run. He's not a bad play, but he's not a great play. If I'm pairing him with anyone, it's probably Goddard. Uh, you can go with Devonta Smith, but likely staying away from the Eagles outside of maybe Scott. If uh, like if everyone's out, for if all the running backs are out, then he's probably going to run the ball a decent amount. Uh, the football team has been pretty solid versus running backs, but like this is another spot where I think you can just kind of stay away outside of Scott as a cheap running back if both Sanders and Howard end up missing. Yeah, I mean – Philadelphia here for me is Jalen Hurts and maybe pair him with Smith or Goddard. If Howard sits, I think Boston Scott could potentially be interesting, but Gainwell, I mean, if Gainwell and Howard both sit, then like Boston Scott is just going to be someone that plays a ton of snaps. So opportunity at his price is solid, but overall I like Hurts here. Washington allows the most fantasy points per game to quarterback. So I do like Hertz. And then on the Washington football team side of things, I think like Gibson's interesting, but I I think if I'm playing Hertz, I'll run it back with some Terry McLaurin. Yeah. Terry McLaurin. I think you still can go with Gibson. I mean, Philly's been a pretty solid defense all year, but Gibson's the main guy in that offense there. I can get it done the receiving game and in the rushing game. McLaurin is definitely the better play. I mean, he can go off for a massive game at any given time. It seems like he scores in the single digits or in the 20s, 30s, every single time. It's never anything in between. So he's got the perfect boom bust GPP play in any given week. It's those two guys, like, I, I don't want to mess with Seals Jones. I don't want to mess with Humphreys if he isn't late scratch. Um, I don't want to go with Brown. I, I just, like, it's, it's two guys in this offense, and I don't want to play Heineke. Like, it's not a great spot for him. It, it, it's just Gibson and McLaurin. All right. Cruising along here. We got the Rams and the Ravens 46 and a half total in this one Rams, uh, three and a half point favorite. Um, looking at the Ram side first, I guess it like, we should start off by saying, um, we're hoping Lamar Jackson plays. But if he doesn't, I mean, we'll talk about that when we get to the Baltimore side. And then on the Rams side, um, Henderson, who really hasn't played much recently anyway, got placed in the IR. So uh, what are we looking at here for the Rams? Cup, Stafford, Sony. That, that, that's it. Like, Sony is immediately going to be one of the best running back plays in the slate. He's going to be heavily owned, but he might be worth it. They're going to end up running the ball a decent amount. Baltimore's defense has not looked great in recent weeks. Sony Michelle's getting 30 almost touches a week. Like without Henderson in there, they're, they're just going to run him to the ground. Like Michelle is one of the best point per dollar running back plays on the entire slate, probably the best one. And then Cooper Cup, like he just keeps getting it done every single week. He's pretty much a lock for 100 yards and 10 receptions, probably a touchdown. He's going for the record, I'm sure. So probably 
end up getting him a little bit more involved in the offense just because why not? Um, he's the main guy anyways. So it's Cup, it's Michelle, Stafford, if you want to pair him with Cup. Like that, that, that's this offense. Like if you want to take shots on Higby, on Beckham, on Jefferson, they're all fine, but it's big enough slate where I'm probably going to end up avoiding them outside of maybe a secondary correlation with Stafford if I'm playing cup already in Stafford, but like cup and Michelle are the entirety of this offense right now. Yeah. I mean, it's hard not to love Cooper cup. It's hard not to like Beckham here. Baltimore has absolutely been atrocious on defense here recently because of injuries and because of everything that's been going on. So I love this spot as a bounce back spot for this offense in general. Um, I mean, Stafford mainly, you know, this is a guy that had one of his worst, if not his worst fantasy um, games last week. I cashed with Stafford last week. All like it was hilarious. Um, so going back to the well here, I love this spot for him. I like Sonny Michelle, but not as much as I like Cooper Cup and Odell Beckham. The passing game is what I want to target here against Baltimore. And then on the Baltimore side, I mean, they're 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 playing for their playoff life, right? Um, I mean, they're in a position where they they almost have to win uh, because of like tiebreakers and stuff. So I'm hoping Lamar Jackson plays. If Lamar Jackson plays, I love Mark Andrews and I like Marquise Brown. Yeah, yeah, I think even if Lamar Jackson ends up sitting, like I like Huntley. The guy's pretty solid. He can get a lot done. He can get stuff done with his legs. He's 5.6K. I think that's a little bit too cheap for him, and it's easy to pair him. Like you pair him with Mark Andrews. Mark Andrews has been on a tear recently. Huntley really likes him. Every single quarterback quarterback likes him. Like I almost prefer Andrews if Huntley ends up starting because it's just an easy – Easy correlation there. If Lamar ends up starting, I definitely like probably Marquise Brown, maybe even more than I like Andrews. But this is this offense is pretty pretty easy to figure out whether Lamar ends up playing or not. It's it's Andrews and Brown. If Lamar plays, if Huntley plays, it's Huntley and Andrews. <coughs> All right, cruising along here. We got the Bucks and the Jets, forty five. And a half total here. Tampa Bay is a 13 and a half point favorite. Um, Mike Evans, COVID-19 list and um, hamstring injury. There's a good chance that he doesn't play in this game. Antonio Brown was limited, but I think it's more of like we need to make sure he's good to go because we're missing so many people. Um, talk to me here about Tampa. I mean, Antonio Brown, Ronald Jones, if you really want to, you can go with. Tom Brady, but I'm just sticking with Ronald Jones and Antonio Brown. Brown's the main guy in this offense. I mean, I guess you can throw Gronk in there if you want to pay up a tight end. I know he didn't have a great week last week, but he is a viable guy. They're going up against the Jets, like Ronald Jones is one top pay up or top running backs on the entire slate, right with Michelle. Jets have been the worst run defense in the league by pretty wide margin still. Jones is getting all the carries in this offense. He's clearly the main guy. I mean, Von Kanan, I think for what, one Big play, really, um, which tilted a whole lot of people. But, uh, like, Brown Jones is going to get the bulk of the carries here. Antonio Brown is working for a few incentives, which I know last year uh, Brady intentionally threw the ball to him a decent amount towards the end just to make sure they got those incentives. So I wouldn't be surprised if later on in the game, if they're up by a decent amount, Brady's just going to throw the ball to Brown over and over again. Um, so Jones, Brown, it, it, that's really like if you want to go Gronk, like I said, that's fine. But 
not a guy that I'm really keying in on too much this slate. Yeah, what well, Brady only threw the ball what 30 times last week. Um, and I think in a game where they should absolutely control, they're just gonna pound the rock um as much as possible with Ronald Jones and even maybe potentially uh Keyshawn Vaughn. He had that big run. I don't think I'd play Keyshawn Vaughn here, but Ronald Jones, I think, is one of the better running back plays on the slate. Jets allow the most fantasy points per game to opposing running backs. Um, I like the Tampa defense, too. I think you compare Tampa defense with Ronald Jones because, I mean, the Jets, Crowder could potentially be back for this game. Um, what do you like, if anything, here for the Jets? Nothing. Like, it would be Michael Carter, but Tampa Bay run defense, not messing with him. Um, if Crowder comes back, then it's definitely a full-on cross off of the Jets wide receivers. Um, no interest in Zach Wilson. He's not going to break off a 70-yard run again. I, I, I full on cross off of the Jets for me. Yeah, I think that's kind of how I feel. That's why I like the Tampa defense with Jones. Um, and like they gave Coleman like 14 carries last week on top of Carter. So yeah, Carter's playing more snaps, but their workloads are about the same. Not like one of those situations that I, I want to touch on a 14 game slate. We got Las Vegas going into Indianapolis, taking on the Colts. 44.5 total here. Uh, Colts are a a 6.5 point favorite. Waller, COVID-19 list. Um, I mean, this guy has been out and dealing with injuries, and now he's on the COVID list. Uh, I think the biggest thing here is Carson Wentz. They said that there's a potential chance for him to play still, but we'll kind of have to see how that plays out. Um, let's start here with Vegas. What are we looking at here for, I almost said the Raiders or the Oakland Raiders, but yeah, Las Vegas. Yeah. With that still, we'll mess that up sometimes, but for me, it's just Moreau and it's Renfro. Renfro has been very involved with his offense without Waller in there. I know he's done a little bit worse than we thought over the last two weeks, but his price tag of 6.5 K is still pretty affordable. He can end up 12, 15 targets in any given game. Indy likes to give up a lot of work to uh, slot guys and to tight ends. So it's him and Moreau. Like, this is a perfect matchup for these guys. I know it's a tough defensive spot, but these two guys should end up getting a lot of volume because of the way that Tampa Bay runs their defense. Oh, not Tampa Bay. Uh, Indy runs their defense. Like, they kind of funnel targets to slot guys and to tight ends. Like, they run the Tampa 2 defense, if I remember correctly. And so both these guys should be in for a decent workload. Neither one of them is priced up enough. I'm not playing Jacobs against a tough defense. I'm probably not playing Zay Jones as much as I, that 3.9K price tag is pretty enticing. I mean, he's gotten eight and nine targets the last two weeks, but they really limit outside wide receivers quite a bit. So Renfro, Moreau, like I'm not touching Derek Carr. It's strictly Renfro and Moreau based on the amount of volume that they should end up getting in the spot. If you're a mass multi-inner guy, even if you play like a 20-inch max and you're just looking for a home run play, I don't hate Deshaun Jackson in this game. On the turf, um, indoors, he's been getting decent amount of targets. He's someone that could break off like a 50-yard touchdown, and you would just need him to get a couple other catches. So I don't hate the idea of taking a shot here on Deshaun Jackson. And if Edwards is out, I don't hate Zay Jones. If Edwards is back, I don't think i go to Zay Jones here. Um, Colts, I mean, obviously the Colts really, really going to depend on if Carson Wentz plays or not. Um, 
it'd be what Sam Ellinger if if it's not Carson Wentz playing here. So, I mean, we have no idea what to expect from him. Yeah, I mean, if Sam ends up playing, then I'm full on fading the entirety of the uh, receiving game and just focusing in on Jonathan Taylor, who's going to run the ball over and over and over and over. Uh, if Wins is up playing, I still think that Taylor is my preferred play, although Hilton, Pittman both become semi-viable. On this big of a slate, I don't think they grade out as great plays, but Raiders really not the best defense in the world. So, like, I'm willing to take a shot on them. But for me, it's mostly, like, Taylor is, like, this is a good game script. They're a six-and-a-half-point favorite, and I'm assuming that has to deal a lot with um, – Wentz not playing, possibly not playing. So if Wentz ends up playing, I wouldn't be surprised if this line moves to eight and a half, nine and a half, in which case Taylor's just got to run the ball 30 times. He's been fantastic this season. He's had a rushing touchdown in like, what, nine of the last 10 games, and he's had multiple ones in four of those. So it's it's pretty much just Taylor for me. I don't think a ton of people are going to pay up for him with all the mid-priced running backs that are great plays. Yeah, he should crush in this spot. Um the Las Vegas Raiders stink against the run. Um, I mean, should we at least mention taking a shot on Ellinger at 4,500, given the fact that, like, this is a dude that will run the football as well? Um, I mean, at 4,500, if he gets 50 rushing yards and does anything through the air, he might be viable. I mean, it is a 14-game slate with some really good games, though. Yeah. I mean, he's viable anytime – quarterbacks that cheap they're viable but i don't really want to do it yeah i don't, I don't want to do it stevie i don't want I, to do it <laughs> I, I think i'm with you i just i mean i wouldn't be a good host if i didn't at least bring it up um i will say this like if the patriots game and the bills game and some of these other games that like have potential like big time weather concerns this game's in a dome so maybe i stack this game and hope for a shootout of two teams Really, I mean, the Raiders still have a chance to make the playoffs, but I don't. The Colts don't, right? They're out, or are they no. The Colts don't. I mean, this game matters. Yeah, this game matters. Man, I love Jonathan Taylor in this game. Like, the more I just look at this game, the more I just absolutely love Jonathan Taylor in this game. So, Jacksonville at New England, forty-one and a half total in this game. Uh, the Patriots, a sixteen-point favorite. Um, Damian Harris banged up. He's potentially questionable. Jacoby Myers is banged up. He's questionable. And Bolden um, dealing a little bit of a knee injury. He is questionable. James Robinson, IR, um, he's out. So starting here with the Jacksonville side of things, yeah. Um, anything? Andare. Is probably going to be a moderately chalky running back. He's the main workhorse in the spot. 5.1K. Worst things you can do, but going up against the Patriots, game script, not great. Like Treadwell, maybe at 4K or Marvin Jones at 4.4K. Like they can get there on volume. Like Patriots have occasionally just kind of played down to opposing teams. So we could end up seeing this game stay close, even though it's a, what, 15 point spread, 15 and a half point spread. It's a big one. But Honestly, I don't hate the Jags plus 15 and a half um, here, but that, that's that's most of my interest. I think this is going to be a lot lower scoring game than you think. 
And uh, the only real viable players are Dari, Treadwell, and Jones, but none of them stand out as great plays, especially considering that a lot of people are going to play Dari. Yeah, I mean, early week projections have him around 15% on most sites. Um, this team has a 13 implied team total. I don't want to go out of my way to play a potential higher own running back that probably gets crushed here. Um, I mean, this is a spot I understand why you'd take a shot on him, but I like the New England defense, and if Harris plays, I like him. If he doesn't play, I really like Stevenson, and that's really it for me when it comes to this game as a whole. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, Stevenson on the other side, like if Harris doesn't end up playing, then Stevenson's going to get the bulk of the workload, especially if Bolton doesn't end up playing. But, yeah, no, I mean – you pretty much just with this bunch of a blowout, you're mostly targeting the Patriots running game, unless you think this game does stay closer, in which case you can target some of the cheap receiving options for Jacksonville. Um, yeah, we're moving on here. Falcons, Bills, 44 total, Buffalo 14 and a half point favorites in this game. This game does have some potential December Buffalo weather. Uh, that we'll be kind of paying attention to. But, I mean, for the most part, both these teams potentially full strength here. Uh, Manuel Sanders is a little banged up, but uh, Beasley expected back. I um, think he already cleared and everything. So, uh, anything here for the Atlanta Falcons that you like? Not really. Like, Pitts just keeps crushing my heart and soul every week and then just – No, he didn't just... crush he, – he did fine last week. He did fine. He did all right, but it's just enough to – like, it wasn't winning me the slate. It's just enough to bring me back to playing him every single week. Like, for where he's priced at, 16 points is solid enough, but not not anything that was going to take down the slate. Um, like, you pretty much need Andrews, if I remember correctly. Um, Gage has been doing well recently, but this is this is going to be a tough spot here. Like, Buffalo's obviously pretty solid defense, but mostly, like, this is going to be likely a tough weather game. I don't like playing any of the path for a game in Buffalo during December. It's just the weather's trash almost every single time. I mean, maybe they get a random good day, check out Kevin Ross report and figure that out. But I, I don't want to play like Patterson, maybe at 6.9 K, but Mike Davis has been eating into his production quite a bit. He's not as heavily involved in the receiving game. He's kind of touchdown dependent. And this is in a spot where they're projected for many touchdowns. So I don't know. I'm, I'm probably going to just fade Atlanta. I understand playing Pitts, Gage, or Patterson, or even Mike Davis, but I'm not doing it. Yeah, I don't think I want to either. Um, I mean, if you are playing Buffalo in this game, if you're going Allen Diggs or something, um, I could potentially see going with a Kyle Pitts or a Russell Gage running it back, but that's that's really the only exposure that I'd get to Atlanta here. And then on the Buffalo side, I mean, Josh Allen is just someone that his ceiling is just so high, and in a game where, I mean, they're playing, they need to win every game at this point, so um i mean we saw last week he just he, he took the game over he had 12 rushing attempts and he just did everything he could to win that new england game so i like the josh allen dig stack um i don't think i want to go mckenzie with beasley being back but i, I definitely want to play some digs and allen here 
Yeah, it's pretty much Diggs and Allen. I don't hate Singletary. Like, he's been getting a lot of work recently. I mean, 70 touches last week, 23 the week before. week before that was Tampa Bay, but he still got eight or seven targets. Um, but, yeah, like, it's Diggs, it's Josh Allen. Like, the ceiling is just massive with Allen. And Diggs is the obvious pairing partner. So, like... I'm going to wait and see. Like, I, regardless, we'll have some of them, but the weather kind of dictates how much of them I have. Yep. Weather is something we're going to watch that one. Uh, we got Miami at Tennessee taking on the Titans. 40 total in this game. Tennessee is a three-and-a-half point favorites. Um, I mean, Julio Jones, COVID-19 list. There's a chance that he doesn't play this week, so we'll have to see. And uh, was it Westbrook was also the other person that was placed in the COVID list this week for Tennessee? So um, talk to me here about the Miami Dolphins. I mean, Waddle's getting a boatload of targets pretty much every single week, 6.7K. Like, pretty solid floor, pretty solid ceiling. You can get a, end up with a touchdown or two, and you can end up with 100 yards and 10 catches. Like, he's – probably too cheap at 6.7 K considering his recent production running back game. Like I kind of want to take a shot on Duke Johnson at really low ownership, but I don't know. Like I feel like any given week Gaskins can end up taking over the main role again. So I don't, I don't know if I fully trust that. Gusecki's always a solid tight end play Parker. Always has some upside, but with Waddle in there, I don't really want to play a ton of Parker. He, he didn't have a single target last game. It's just a spot where I think I'm only going with Waddle here. Um, like, and I think Waddle's pretty solid overall play, too. It really likes him, throws the ball a lot to him. Yeah. I will say this as far as the running back situation goes. Um, I mean, they used Gaskin, Johnson, and Lindsey last week. They all were on the field, so probably going to stay away from that. Parker's only target, like you said, um, was on, like, a penalty, so, like, he didn't officially have a target. So, um, Waddle and Gasecki, I like them a lot here. Miami, obviously, was something to play for. They have to win out to make the playoffs. Um, Tennessee, they've been better um, recently, but they're a team that has struggled against wide receivers all year. So, I love Jalen Waddle in this spot. And then on the Tennessee Titans side of things, I don't think I want to play the running back situation, but A.J. Brown. Um, yep. Like, Miami's defense has been one of the best, if not the best defense over the last month and a half. Um, they have just been absolutely crushing. I think they're allowing the fewest fantasy points to quarterbacks, wide receivers, and, like, the second fewest, the running backs in that span. Um, so I'm kind of iffy here. I kind of like Miami plus three and a half, too. Yeah. Spoken like a true Dolphins fan. <laughs> I'm kind of there with you. I mean, Miami's won seven in a row. Like, Tennessee's still pretty hampered by injuries. I, I kind of like your Miami plus three and a half call. Like, solid overall line. But, yeah, A.J. Brown, that's it. Like, A.J. Brown went on an absolute tear last week. 31 points, like 16 targets. He's... He's the only real stud in this offense. He's going to be targeted a lot. It's pretty much him. Foreman, if you really want to, that's fine. But it, it's a it's AJ Brown. Yeah, I mean, Miami defense has been good. 
I might take some shots in the Miami defense. I can't lie. Um, they're, they're just a team at under 3K. We don't have a ton of defenses um, that can put up 20-plus points, and they've done that a couple times this year. So, um, yeah, moving on. Houston at San Francisco, 44 total in this game. The 49ers, a 12.5-point favorite, big favorite here. Um, Mitchell, questionable dealing with a knee injury and then Garoppolo um, they said he sprained his thumb or something right like so I mean there's a chance that he doesn't play um, and then David Johnson COVID list let's talk Houston first um, what are your thoughts here on the, the Houston team uh, Mills and Cooks like Cooks for obvious reasons he's gonna coming back he's gonna get targeted a ton Mills like they've shown that they're willing to let him throw the ball 50 times in a game like the last two weeks, Chargers, they were way up. Like, Mills could have had a big game if that game would have stayed competitive. But Burkhead had multiple rushing touchdowns. They returned a kickoff. Like, Mills was looking like he was going to have a real good day and then just ended up with a normal day. But he's had some pretty solid outings. He's 5.5K. People aren't going to use him. Um, it's easy to pair him with Cooks. Like, I, I, I actually kind of like Mills again this week, even though they don't have a huge total – Houston surprisingly been playing decently recently and Mills has been pretty solid overall. So it's Mills, it's cooks. Like, I mean, if you want, you can go Burkhead assuming all the guys are still out, but Mills and cooks like game script kind of dictates that they're going to throw the ball a lot and they have no problem doing that at all. Yeah. I mean, I don't, I, I don't hate Cooks, but I don't love Houston <laughs> in this spot. Uh, Rex Burke had 22 carries last week. I don't I don't know if that is something that I want to trust. Um because you'd think you'd have more like catches or something, but um San Francisco side, I'm kind of going into the week thinking that it's gonna be Trey Lance starting um here. I don't know. I don't know if they've said if Garoppolo is going to play or not. But, I mean, if it is Trey Lance, I think he is someone that could potentially rely on Kittle a lot in this game or even Debo Samuel. But Debo Samuel's 8.7K. I know he's been absolutely crushing this year, but on this biggest slate, I don't know if I'd play him. Yeah. I don't know. Like, I feel like Lance, if he starts, is like he's 4.8K. Dude can run the ball. He's a pretty solid overall play, but I don't know if I, I mean Kittle and Debo are so expensive. Like I think I'd pair with Kittle most likely. Um, like Debo's eight point seven k. He's been getting there, but it's it's just tough. Like I, I think Kittle, Debo, and Wilson are all viable options. Um, Mitchell, if he ends up coming, is a very viable option, but. Nothing nothing really stands out here. Yeah, I mean, Kittle at 7,100, I feel like, is a tight end that could break the slate. Um, But, yeah, I mean, if Mitchell sits, it obviously becomes more interesting for, like, a Jeff Wilson in a game that they should be leading with a younger quarterback. So, I mean, Jeff Wilson would be – Someone I'd probably play at 5,600 if Mitchell gets ruled out. Um, yeah, but that's really it. Weird game. 
Yeah. Broncos, Chargers, 46 total here. Chargers, uh, four and a half point favorites. Uh, both running backs for Denver banged up. They're both questionable going into the weekend. Uh, we'll see how that plays out. And then Mike Williams, I mean, could potentially play, could get cleared here and play. And um, I mean, Bridgewater and Drew Locke are both banged up. Um, and they said Bridgewater, the concussion, he's likely not going to play, um, this weekend. And then Drew Locke is an ankle injury. Uh, so talk to me here about Denver. I mean, it's probably just the running backs, like chargers, not great running defense. Javante Williams, if he ends up playing, I absolutely love him. Um, if, especially if Gordon's out, if Gordon ends up playing, I think he's viable, but Williams is kind of the guy here. I mean, this this Denver pass offense just hasn't looked great. And I get a game script; it probably doesn't help them. But even if it's even though it's being played in dome, I don't I don't know. Like Sutton is cheap, Judy is moderately cheap, but I think it's just Javante Williams. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> if you think they're going to be playing from behind in this game, uh, the Chargers have been struggling a little bit recently defensively, so. I could see going with like a Noah Fant, Cort- Cortland Sutton type place, but I don't love it. Uh, I think this is a spot you could take Williams it, and be okay with it. Um, Charger side, Eckler should be back here. Justin Jackson, big game last week in the passing game. Uh, it was fantastic for any of us, that, that including me, that played him. Um, I like Eckler. I like Allen. I like the Chargers and Herbert to get back on track here, even in a tough matchup against Denver, but at home. Yeah, yeah, I'm right there with you. I mean, Palmer is probably still too cheap. So I'm like, well, I'm still out at 3.6K. Um, like, he should get a decent amount of carries or not carries targets. Uh, Keenan Allen had a rough week last week. Not really expecting that again going up against Denver. Eckler, assuming he's back, is probably my favorite play of the bunch. Like, Eckler should end up crushing air if he ends up missing for some reason, which doesn't look like he's going to obviously load up on Jackson. Um, but Herbert is definitely a pretty solid play. I mean, this guy has had a pretty solid ceiling all season long. It's a divisional game. It could actually be decently high scoring, even without Mike Williams in there. He's still got a solid overall supporting cast. But if I'm ranking him, it's, it's, it's pretty much Eckler, then Palmer, then Allen, then Herbert. All right, rolling on here. We got Carolina at New Orleans, 37 and a half total here. New Orleans is a six and a half point favorite uh, for this one. I mean, Darnold and Newton should both play, but Darnold starting. Um, I just this met this is a mess. Um, garbage game, garbage, garbage game. game. Like this game, like is just garbage. Is there anything on the Carolina side that you like here? There's nothing in this entire game outside of Taysom Hill if he's playing. Like, there's nothing. Like, I get that DJ Moore had a pretty solid outing a lot of the times with Darnold in there. Like, I get that could end up happening. Like, I don't hate him at 5.6K, but, like, that's just strictly based on volume. It's a really tough match of going up against the Saints. So, even with the volume, like, he's probably not going to do too great here. Robbie Anderson, no, like. I'm, I I don't I don't want anything and on the New Orleans side like it's it's pretty much just Taysom that, that that's really it this is not an easy matchup for either team it's got to be the lowest total on the entire slate this is a garbage game that I want really no part of 
Yeah, I mean, I I like the price Robbie Anderson and the I think there is some ceiling there, especially with Darnold at quarterback. And then on the New Orleans side, I mean, I like the New Orleans defense. And I could definitely see playing Hill. I could definitely see playing Kamara if Hill is back because Taysom Hill is expected to start in this game. But, I mean, this game is trash. There is a reason this game has a 37.5 point total. Yep. Yep. Just playing anything, it's Hill and hoping for two rushing touchdowns. That's pretty much it. Don't even pair him with anyone. Detroit at Seattle, 42.5 total here. Uh, Seattle, seven-point favorite. DK Metcalf banged up. He is dealing with a foot injury. He didn't practice on Wednesday. We'll see if he practiced Thursday. Um, Jared Goff is day-to-day and could potentially miss the game, they said, uh, yesterday. So, with all that said, we'll start here with the Detroit side of things. Um, Anything that you're looking at here for Detroit? Uh, Swift a little bit, but Amon Ross St. Brown has just been on an absolute tear recently. Not really getting a price uptick. Had 20-plus points in three of the last four games. Had 11-plus targets in each of the last four games. He's the main guy in that offense. If Swift comes back, that could end up hurting him a little bit. But, like, Amon Ross St. Brown is going to be very overlooked on this slate. and has a ton of upside. Seattle seems to play in close games. Their defense has been better over the last six, eight weeks, whatever it is. But Amon Ross St. Brown, I really, really, really like on this slate. And Swift is a fine play just because of his role in the offense. Yeah, I mean, I don't think it matters whether or not um, Goff or Boyle starts. Boyle threw the ball 34 times last week, and Brown was by far his favorite target. Um, I think this offense moves the ball a little bit more if Swift is back. Um, if uh, I say if he's back, he's back. Um, he practiced fully yesterday. He should be back for this game. I really like him at 6K. I, I think thought he was back last week. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's true. Um, he's not even on the injury report that came out Wednesday, though. So, or yeah, so I think he'll be back and good to go. Seattle side. I mean, if Metcalf doesn't play, do we – Fire up Tyler Lockett. Russell Wilson has not been Russell Wilson here recently. He actually has been. Like he hasn't been full on Russ, but he hasn't been playing badly over the last couple of weeks. I mean, it was a snow game last week. He has multiple touchdowns and four straight. If Metcalf ends up sitting, then I think the Lockett's in play. I'm probably not playing Russell Wilson. Let me get that out there. Um, but I think that like Lockett is very much in play if Metcalf is out. If Metcalf ends up playing, I think both of them are viable. They're not great plays, but Detroit's not a very good defense. Um, Assuming Collins doesn't end up playing, I think Penny is solid. Like, he's been doing very well recently. This guy's a fairly talented running back with a good matchup at 6.1K. Should be largely overlooked. Um, Yeah, so if Metcalf ends up sitting, it's Lockett and Penny. Metcalf isn't playing. It's mostly just Penny. Yeah, if <laughs> just man, Seattle a mess. Um, if Penny is in line to get a good amount of work here, he's sixty one hundred. I don't mind that. If Metcalf sits, I really like Lockett. If Metcalf sits, I don't even hate maybe playing some Gerald Everett in this game. Um, Detroit is really bad against the pass, so. We finish it out with Arizona at Dallas, 51 and a half total here. Dallas, a 
six point six point favorite. Um, I mean, obviously the biggest thing here is James Conner. He's dealing with a knee injury, and Chase Edmonds is dealing with a little bit of a back injury. Arizona's locked in. They can advance a little bit as far as um, can they can can they win the division still or no? They can still win the division. They, so I mean, the Rams would have to lose what both last games, and then Arizona would have to win or something along those lines. But I mean, I don't see Arizona taking this game off by any means. Um, well, I mean, I, I think the big thing is um, the Rams play in the one o'clock game. Like, if they end up losing, I think Arizona has some more to play for. Um, who do they end up playing next week? I can't remember off the top of my head. The Seahawks. So, I mean, if the Rams end up winning, then I think it might be a little bit different of a scenario. Um, I don't know if they hold the tiebreaker with the Rams, but I think they might. So... I guess I guess they'll probably end up playing regardless, because um, th- they've done fairly well in the division. So I, I I'm trying to remember off the top of my head because I looked at this earlier. I think they're still in it regardless. Yeah, I mean the Cowboys they've clinched the NFC East. They're not really playing anything for you know unless they get best overall record. But yeah, they're um, playing for the first round by. Yeah, but I mean. The Packers are looking really good for that. Um, I mean, I think Arizona plays this game. I think this game becomes a lot more interesting if the Rams lose, if the Rams are winning. Um, I mean, that obviously really puts question marks on like Connor Edmonds and Ertz, in my opinion. Uh, but let's start here with Arizona. I mean, just an overall thought process here on Arizona. Uh, what are your thoughts on them? I mean, if Connor ends up missing, I think Edmonds becomes a good play. I know that Kyler Murray hasn't been great in recent weeks, but this is going to be a high-scoring game. I mean, we know he's probably going to throw to A.J. Brown and Christian Kirk a decent amount. I think both of those guys are decent pairings. I know they haven't paid off a ton in recent weeks. Them and Ertz really haven't. But, like, Kyler just hasn't had a Kyler game in a little bit. I know it's, like, ever since he came back from injury, he's been mostly stagnant outside of a four – touchdown game right when he came back but like he can still put up a pretty huge game at any given time I mean the last four games he's had 40 plus passing attempts he's willing to throw the ball like he's probably willing to run the ball this is an important game here if the Rams end up losing and even if the Rams win I I still have to look into this but I think that they're still in it so I, I have a little bit of interest in Kyler I have a decent amount of interest in Chase Edmonds if Connor ends up sitting and I have some interest in Kirk Ertz and green in the spot. Yeah. I mean, I really want to see what kind of happens with like the injury news for this game, but overall, I mean, Kyler Murray is someone that can break a slate and he's going to be less than 5% owned. Uh, we have him at 6% on FanDuel and four, 4% on, on DraftKings, like, but we forget, like, this is a guy that multiple times this year has put up over 30 fantasy points. Yeah, he's missing Hopkins, but he still has enough weapons. Um, I, I mean, I really, really like this spot for Murray. 
uh, especially if the Rams lose. I, I think this is a huge spot for Arizona in Dallas. Um, and then on the Dallas side, man, I like Dallas. You know, they came out and they played football last week. And, and like, as, as crazy as that sounds and as joking as that sounds, like, they did, they, they showed up against Washington last week and it was a big game for them. And they had a monster first half. And I mean, this is a spot that I like. Cooper, I like Lamb. Um, I like Dak. I don't love Zeke. I think that you could play Zeke if you want to, but at 7,100, there's just so many plays in the 6K range that I think could outscore Zeke here. Yeah, I mean, I don't even hate Dalton Schultz. I mean, he's been pretty solid over the last few weeks. Like, he can end up with a pretty big game. He's going to be mostly overlooked on this slate, and he's a 5K tight end that people don't really throw in the same category as even Pitts, who should end up gardening like four times as much ownership. But I really like Lamb here. Like Lamb, I think, has a ton of upside in this spot. Last week just didn't end up fully going his way because they just absolutely destroyed in the first half and didn't really need too much in the second half. But Lamb, Cooper, Schultz, I like all of them. I love Dak. Like, I think Dak goes for a massive game here. You can bring it back with Edmonds or bring it back with Kirk or Green. Like, this is – this is – is it the highest? Yeah, it's the highest total on the entire slate. It's 0.5 above the KC game. Um, like, what, what's not to love about here for Dallas? Like, even though they're not playing for a ton, they're still going to try at least this game because I think Green Bay plays – do they play Sunday night or Monday night? They play they play Sunday night. Yeah. Regardless, they're not playing. Browns and Steelers play Monday night. It, it like took me a second. I had to think. I knew the Steelers played Monday night. I couldn't remember who they're playing. Um, yeah, Dak should smash here. Um, yeah, I mean, I'm with you. Let's let's play the morning grind game and then uh, we'll get out of here. We've got one more week. And then as far as the playoffs are concerned. To be determined. Um, if if the NFL or the NBA slates stay small on Thursdays, maybe we'll talk football and basketball on Thursdays. Uh, give me a quarterback over 300 yards this week. Going balls, I'm going Mills. Wow. Yeah. All right. I hear you. I like to party. Uh, I am going to go Herbert against Denver. Tough spot, but don't care. Low-owned running back for a touchdown. Going Javante Williams. I like that pulling up ownership really quick to kind of have an idea. Um, Give me Austin Eckler. He's under 10% right now. Quarterback wide receiver stacked for a touchdown. Uh, Whoever is throwing to him in Amon Ross St. Brown. I like it. I'm going to go Tua to Waddle. Wide receiver for eight-plus targets this week. Hunter Renfro. I was going to say Waddle, but I feel like I just said him, so I'm not going to, like, say it, but I do think he gets over eight targets in this game. Um, give me give me A.J. Brown. Miami, Tennessee, let's go. Tight end for a touchdown this week. Dalton Schultz. I like it. Um, <laughs> I'm not going to say Kyle Pitts. I almost said Kyle Pitts. Give me Dallas Goddard 
Um, and then a defense to score 10 or more points. Saints. All right. Um, give me the Giants at 2,800. They're not a good defense, but, I mean, they're a team that could get a sack and a touchdown. So give me the, oh, give me the Giants. Uh, Grant, any final thoughts before we get out of here? No. End of end of basketball or football is upon us soon. So just enjoy these last two weeks before the playoffs and then really enjoy the playoffs. I feel like the season just started. Um, but I, I feel always like feel the that way with never ending. I feel like football is like one of those seasons that I feel like it just started because it's once a week, like main slate wise, where like basketball and baseball by the end of the season, it's just like, oh, this is still yeah. going. <laughs> so, um, all right. That's going to wrap it up here for week 17. Um, rest in peace, John Madden. Cool to see that the teams are going to do uh, moments of silence. That guy, absolute legend for our generation. Yeah. Um, just absolutely changed the game. So rest in peace. Um, prayers and wishes out to your family. Week 17 in the books. We'll be back week 18 next Thursday. Good luck, everyone. We'll see you then. See you, kids.